celebrity show. We do. Yeah, we do. Kind of about sort of celebrity culture and its weird manifestations. This is a story about social media that has two limbs to it. It's about social media and celebrity. The first limb is an article I was reading in Business Week about how social media companies are basically courting celebrities to use their services because they know that where the celebrity goes, the fans will follow. So they were giving the example of Ashton Kutcher and Twitter, or the people at Tumblr were sort of specifically had a program around trying to get uh, well-known people to use the service as a way of bringing people along. But it also occurred to me that I think in a way there's a bit of the opposite going on as well. Like, I was thinking about Ashton Kutcher. I mean, do a million people really care what Ashton Kutcher tweets about? Or isn't it really that they're going to Twitter and saying, well... Who's here? Oh, I'm going to follow somebody famous. There's a novelty factor because there's somebody famous in Twitter. And, I mean, the article, they're on there all the time. Yeah. The article, article makes the point Demi. that, you know, celebrities are expected to be in these social media spaces. But I think it's actually a little bit more complicated than that, which is that people want to be in Twitter. They don't really know what to do there. And so they look for high-profile people when they're there. So that's one limb. And then the other limb... M-E-H. Yeah, I don't like that either. But the other limb of this was um, uh, Andrew Keene's speech that was sort of fairly widely reported on at the next web conference recently. You know, he's that um, sort of anti-web 2.0 guy (laughs) who wrote that book, The Cult of the Amateur, that I interviewed several years ago. Anyway, he has a kind of provocative and interesting argument. I, I didn't agree with a lot of his claims in The Cult of the Amateur, but in this speech, he's kind of saying, offering Twitter as an example of the sort of pop elite itself exa- uh, aspect of Web 2.0, that he's saying that basically what Twitter is doing is tearing down the sort of democracy of equals that Web 2.0 promised and making some people, like the Ashton Kutchers, into... He's sort of describing them as feudal lords who have these fiefdoms that are, you know, make them way more popular than other people, which I think there's something to that argument, although I would still say there are the more interesting aspect of that is not the Ashton Kutchers, it's the people like the Guy Kawasaki's and the Anil Dashes who have uh, followers in the tens of thousands because they're, they actually just talk about really interesting things. And in that sense, isn't it just a meritocracy? Now you're going to just say, it's all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I really could just wrap this up with that. I completely agreed with what he said about it. Web 2.0 starting to feed on itself. Because I'm starting to get that feeling. I just don't see the point of it. Mm. Like, I really do see the point of Twitter for you and how you use it. Mm -hmm. But I don't see the point of following um, Ashton Kushner and Demi Moore as they tweet. And I also think it's really too bad if those people, if that's part of keeping their public profile up, is that they have to do that or else they have to hire all these minions to keep all these different aspects of their personality alive online. In a way, I think that's sort of more pathetic if you have to have somebody else writing your tweets. I I think it was Shaquille O'Neal who was saying basically, you know, Dude, if you can't handle 140 characters, like, really, you've got a problem. But um, no, but it's the time. Like, yeah, that is part of maintaining the brand or whatever, yeah. 
you know, one of our commenters at the Spark blog made a story suggestion of saying, why don't you find out if anyone has actually ever got a job via LinkedIn, which I thought was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but it is the question, and this is something that Andrew Keane refers to, is what is the business model here? Where are the success stories of it actually being a viable economy. Um, well, and it is a question of like, yeah, it's it's very cool to sort of have this sort of social aspect of knowledge. I think it's been very good for you. But yeah, I can't believe we're switching around our points of view on this. I think it's not a coincidence that so many of the people who are boosters of the technology are people who do the same kinds of things that I do and that you do, because those are the people who are in the best position to benefit from things like that, right? Um, yeah, I think, though, with you doing Spark and being a technology writer, it's especially well-suited for you. Yeah. People like you, people like um, Hugh, and people like Wayne McPhail. Mm-hmm. You're obvious users of that because you're always playing around with those toys, mm-hmm. and you can send people to all those places. I'm sure Dan's on there all the time, too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it didn't raise, raise us to talk about... Moi. Of course <laughs> you talk about the sort of... Uh, we should call it, instead of Twitter, it'll be called Nora. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrity culture aspect of it is kind of gross. And the more, you know, the more interesting use of those things is connecting to people whose opinions you really respect to figure out, you know, this is what people talk about is the yeah. socializing of information and the socializing of preferences. Like, who would you rather take advice about what a, g- a good piece of music is. I would you know, rather... Ashton Kutcher or... No, I would Kathy rather Bond. go back to the newspaper. I would rather go back to a place where yeah. you can actually get some... I know this is very old school and it probably shows that I'm an old goat, but I would rather hear from somebody who has listened to scads of new stuff to say, hey, check this out, someone who I really trust. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. But if you could find Robert Everett Green, say, or Carl Wilson on Twitter recommending their favorite disc of the week, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to follow them? No. I'd rather read their stuff, because as soon as you start following them, that means they're probably going to lose their job, and they're going to have to start writing those 140-word <laughs> reviews. That's what I think you'll never get me to like this. <laughs> you can keep trying. No, no, no. I mean, trying. really, I raised this because I thought it was, a, it was the first time I actually had a chill around the real social media stuff in terms of how much of uh, an eel chasing its own tail yeah, it kind of seems like don't you have to admit I make a bit of a point like no, if everybody you. does start following Robert Everett Green on Twitter as opposed to reading his articles that, that's all that he'll be paid yeah. for in the future no but I would still like to think that people want to read those people want to read and see somebody paid for stuff that clearly takes more time than I hope so Nora well yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You can tell my. I think I have a tone in my voice now. I hope so, Nora. <laughs> well, anyway, this is just a real quickie. This is something that I saw on Moco Loco, which I'm starting to like more and more. And they have their best of architecture this week. And did you go and look at the houses? Yes, I did. Yeah. The one thing that was really there's kind of two stories here. I thought, but the first one is is that when you look at these houses, especially the first one. There's so much glass in this house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, imagine if you're walking down a street. Like in the olden days, there would be like a window on the main floor. Listen to me. I'm such an old guy. In the olden days, <laughs> yeah, there'd be a bay window and a couple windows upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this thing was just like you could see straight through mm-hmm. all the way to the back of the house on both floors. You could see every single thing that was going on there. And you could see right through to the backyard. Mm-hmm. And it I thought, my God, it, it looked beautiful the way it was designed. Mm-hmm. It was a Chicago house if you go to the to the blog and then if you go and take a look at Moco Loco. But I was thinking, uh, who would want to live under that kind of street scrutiny? Yeah. They were very 
beautiful, and you immediately thought you could picture yourself swanning around, living your fabulous life in your fabulous see-through yeah, house. But, but it, it looked to me like it's almost like you know you are an object in a display case. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and everything that you do. Mm-hmm. is monitored. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is partly the impulse behind it, is that sense of display and, and displaying your life. Whereas I think before it used to be a lot more about hiding. Um, <laughs> there are lofts near me that are have big picture windows, and there is this thing of, like, your life is really on display. And I've wondered as I walk by those lofts thinking, is it that you really want to be admired for how beautiful your life is? I don't know. What yeah. Is, what is the levels? One thing that I have seen that's going on is that there are all sorts of exciting things going on with passive light and how it's being used in sustainable architecture. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking that there's a reason for it in that way. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, there's this other tension of person as object on display mm-hmm. on the street. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could live like that. But anyway, I think we've rambled on, we rambled on, on a long time. Okay. Come to the blog for links to these stories and more. more. The sniffer.net. Bye. Bye.